Collections and Recollections. Out of the Box on FBI Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Kate Sarp and you're tuned in to Out of the Box on FBI Radio 94.5 FM. You might also be streaming live on the website fbiradio.com or listening retrospectively wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I am broadcasting from Redfern, which is on unceded Gadigal land, and I'd like to pay my respects to Gadigal elders past and present and recognise the ongoing colonial violence committed across this country. Out of the Box is a show where we dive deep into the guests' record box and pull out the stories of music that they love. And First Nations people have been telling stories across country for millennia, and I'm so privileged to be able to do that here today. I would like to extend that respect to any First Nations person listening in. And wherever you're tuning in from in so-called Sydney, this land always was and always will be Aboriginal land. And my guest today has been a mainstay on my For You page since 2019. He is the only influencer to influence me to buy or like things. And maybe he's reignited your love of bass by getting you to listen to Get Low by Ludacris with some headphones on. I've got Derek G in the studio this morning, um, and he's built a massive platform across social media channels talking about music and hi-fi and works hard to bring music lovers across the world together. Thanks so much for stopping by. Pleasure. Uh, Uh, Thank you for having me. And congratulations on your first episode in this new new series that you are undertaking. Thank you so much. Um, You know... We're going to take a look through your life story, all of the music that soundtracked it all, um, and let's just get going. Let's do it. Come on. So, you know, had lots of people in your house growing up, your parents, your three siblings. Being the third of four kids, I can imagine that there was so much noise around you all the time, and yet your dad seemed to be able to control the noise. Tell me what it was like having a DJ as a dad. <laughs> he definitely wasn't a DJ DJ, but when he was growing up, he was a DJ in Indonesia, and... Um, I I realized how formative that was for me. So I think more than anything, having a, a dad that was formerly a DJ in his past lives before he had kids meant that there was always music playing. And I don't think I appreciated that at the time until what I'm doing now. And the fact that I think that has really sunken into my bones. I think I'm most relaxed when there's music playing. And I think that probably harkens back to family and home to me. What kind of music did he spin? <laughs> Uh, disco, uh, Bee Gees, you know, Saturday Night Fever type vibe. Perfect. Yeah. Later, uh, later years was Moby. He discovered Moby in the early 2000s and that became his thing. And I fondly remember lots of Moby in the car. So I think dance music in a sense, but not the coolest dance music, but it was dance music, you know. And I mean, you've spoken a lot on your podcast as well about nature versus nurture uh, on people's music tastes. Um, And is there music from your childhood that you think you only listen to because of its inherent nostalgia? Probably. Well, like, yeah, the Bee Gees would be Mm -hmm. part of that. Um, Anything that, yeah, I think that I hated the Bee Gees for a long time because it was like so uncool and my dad listened to it. Yeah. Just like, you know, their their, their vocal delivery is kind of uncool. But then there was a moment as you get older where you're like, actually, this is sick. The Bee Gees are amazing. So I think 
those sort of things, you kind of come full circle, which is a nice experience, I think. That's how I feel about electric light orchestra. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they're lame, but they're kind of cool. I love them so much. Anything with that just like dance funk vibe, yeah. I'm so there. And I mean, do you think that we can only truly love music from our childhood? What do you mean? Well, just that because it has all of that memory associated with it, and I think it's the first case that you're sort of introduced to music. Maybe I'm just being annoying. Perhaps. It, I think it depends on how we were brought up and <laughs> and what that music represents yeah. at the time. I, I'm very fortunate to have grown up in a very loving and, and safe household, so I think that that type of music and genre and sound is always going to be warm to me. But if I wasn't as fortunate, maybe it wouldn't remind me of good things, but it always puts a smile on my face when Bee Gees is on. And so Out of the Box, you know, is a show where we take a look through your record box. And I want to know the stories about the music that you've told me to play today. You've already mentioned this artist, Moby. Can you tell me about how the track Honey found you? We're driving my dad's uh, turquoise uh, MPV, People Mover. Amazing. It's probably taking me to soccer. And it was just blaring. And I think... Um, as a young person, it's both exciting because you're you're spending some quality time with your dad, and it's loud and it's probably like seven thirty in the morning. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and probably is why like yes, it's, it says a lot about who I am as a person. But I think that this really um, just says morning driving with my dad to me. Amazing. So here it is right now. You're listening to Out of the Box on FBI Radio 94.5 FM. Keep it locked. Derek and I are going to be chatting more about music and other things right after this. Honey by Moby on FBI Radio 94.5 FM. You're tuned in to Out of the Box with me, Kate Sarp. You might be listening on the website, fbiradio.com, or listening retrospectively on wherever you get your podcasts. I'm joined right now in the studio by Derek G, who just picked that track that we are listening to. And we're going through the rest of his record box and, you know, hearing the stories about the music that he loves. Derek, let's keep it cracking. Go on. You feeling good? Oh, always. <laughs> um, and, you know, you haven't always worked in music, uh, starting out your career in television. Was there a particular aha moment that made you move away from working in TV? I think it's the opposite. It's a blah moment <laughs> where you're just like... Uh, like many people, I, my first job was because there was a job on offer while I was at university and I went and did an internship and then I got offered a job and I'm like, great, employment. Yay. Yeah. Uh, and I never planned or never wanted to be in TV, hadn't, didn't own a TV, uh, but I was doing graphic design for context. And halfway through this career, I was like, this is not what I want to do. And um, what is the thing, what's the thing that moves me? And that thing that moved me was music. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started to explore, how do I express myself through music? How do I find an in through music? I don't think I'm a musician. I don't know anyone in the industry. Likely story, most people that want to get into music, it's like, I don't know anyone. And so what do I do? 
So I started a radio show. Hell yeah. Yeah. I think also maybe just the context of Sydney, it is really about the connections that you have and who you know to get a foot through the door. It's really helpful, but also if you've got nothing, then you just got to kind of grassroots guerrilla marketing yourself into the industry. And being shy too. Like I was just like, I don't, I don't go places. I don't meet people. I don't know how to do this. And I don't know if I want to go out there and try to like hand out business cards. So I think radio is like that. It's similar to a DJ type thing. You want to be amongst it, but you, you're kind of behind the mm-hmm. scenes of it. So that felt the most natural to me at that point. And I mean, with a voice as smooth as yours, huh. I think people probably listen to you as a soothing way to relax, you know, after a long day of work. Hmm. Um, can you tell me about the first time you ever turned up your mic on a panel for a broadcast? Were you breaking it? First time? Uh, no, I think, no, okay. I, I, when I first started my radio show, I just uploaded it on the internet, mm-hmm. so it wasn't anything too serious. But I, if it's still on the internet, and you can listen back, and I was just trying to be too cool. I was trying to be uh, Giles Peterson, mm-hmm. you know, so I was trying to be like, like I'd fade up and down on, on the music all the time and kind of like fade up and go, oh, yeah, and then fade down. And oh, no. Come back and be like... <laughs> That's, you know, and just like, you know, as, as with anything, you, know, just, you just have to find your voice and you have to know how to exist in your way. And so I wasn't I wasn't afraid as more of I was just overthinking it, I think. And how has each mic break, each playlist sheet changed the way you think about radio as its own medium? Oh, uh, I think radio is is interesting in so much as like whether it's a playlist, a playlist, I think, is underrated in terms of like the ability to tell a story if people are willing to play it in order Mm -hmm. and introduce people to music in different contexts because you can put two songs back to back that you would never and kind of elevate both i think radio is really interesting because you never know who's listening and being able to connect with someone through uh the airwaves who might not know who you are and resonate with what you're saying or what you're about to play them is a really special thing and a really like magical thing because you don't know you won't know if you impact them but maybe one day you will so that's magical i think i know and also you know i was scrolling through my stories yesterday and i saw you posted on your instagram story about how you have this weird bond with radio people you know (laughs) speaking into the void at 2 a.m just balls to the wall doing whatever i think that like the really weird times for me was around 3 a.m i think i hit the 3 a.m mark and then i was just like you know what I'm here with the music and I'm hanging out. You know, I've spoken about all kinds of things. I spread a lot of misinformation. (laughs) (laughs) But I had so much fun doing it, you know what I mean? Um, And I was just wondering if there's any kind of times that you've, like, royally messed up during a broadcast and how you recovered from that. Probably. I would say everyone who does radio for long enough messes up in some way. Usually you're playing a track when you're, like, still talking or... You kind of you're just left with dead air, or you you forget that you downloaded a song illegally that has a tag in it oh, that no. like isn't meant to be there, mm-hmm. and you're like, ha ha, whoops, that was you know, everyone goes through that. Uh, but I would say, you know, and this is very like, you know, uh, inside baseball for perhaps the listeners, but I think radio is really good for people that struggle with public speaking mm. because. When you go live, you go live. And if you mess up, too bad. <laughs> you got to keep going. Luckily, there aren't people staring at you. There are people listening, but the people aren't staring at you. So you just got to roll with it. And I think when people ask me about how I can kind of talk so comfortably online, I do attribute that to doing radio for hours and hours and having to stitch together thoughts before I have even decided what I was going to say next. Right. And it's sort of this like 
con- you're constantly executive producing yourself as you're going. There's a lot of times I know, especially when I was doing breakfast, where I would start talking and then I would make eye contact with Baylor, my producer, across the booth, and he'd be like, "Please don't say that, say that, Kate." And then all of a sudden, I'm saying, "I like my brekkie banged." So, <laughs> <laughs> nice. You know, there's just Perfect. things like that, um, and I suppose. Now we're getting back into the music. Um, I've got this track here, Chasm, by Ryuichi Sakamoto. Mm. Um, and you say that this artist sort of introduced you to a world outside of mainstream music. Um, do you think that it was Sakamoto that ultimately led you to community radio? Mm. In a sense, sure. Let's let's go there. I think... Uh, so the story is there that I was doing my major projects for university... I was um, working on it collaboratively with my then girlfriend, now wife, who we were doing a major project together. And we were listening to the radio, digital radio, which was Last last FM radio. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, Ryuichi Sakamoto came up. I think we were listening to Eric Satie and then it connected the dots to Ryuichi. And it... I, you know, when you grow up, he's he's more quote unquote mainstream now, but I think when you exist in the worlds of, you know, what was music media back in those days, it was like Rolling Stone and NME, you're, you're looking at all the kind of Western acts and no one's really paying attention or, or, or putting you on to like acts from the East. Mm-hmm. And so I heard this and I'm like, wait, what is this and who is this? And I never heard of this. I thought that all I knew about all the greats. And then there's this other guy that's a great that's like in a completely different lane, genre, country, and was like, oh, I don't know anything. And so that was the start of like, let's look elsewhere because there's so much more to discover. Well, we're going to listen to that right now. Hell yeah. And maybe this is the first time some of our listeners have heard Sakamoto. So you're doing that for them. I hope so. <laughs> Give us a call on one three. No, yeah. <laughs> Well, text in, hey, join the conversation, 0409-945-945. If you've got a question for Derek G or you've got a comment on any of the music that we're playing, let us know. This is just as much a chat between us two as it is with you listening right now. Text me. <laughs> yeah, I'll give my personal number on <laughs> um, So here it is. This is Chasm by Ryuchi Sakamoto. Please don't go anywhere. We're going to be chatting some more about Derek's life. This is FBI's Out of the Box with me, Kate Sapp. Keep it locked. That's Chasm by Ryuchi Sakamoto as chosen by our guest today on Out of the Box, Derek G. He's currently on the mic. Music's a study too, that. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, I'm really hardcore listening to some lo-fi tracks right now. Yeah. Um, this, like I said, is Out of the Box on 94.5 FM. You might also be streaming live on the website, fbiradio.com, on DAB, or listening retrospectively, however you're tuned in this afternoon. I'm so happy that you're here. We're having a great time. That one was picked by our guest. It was called Chasm. That's going to be up on the programs page as well. Derek, we're asking questions. We're going through your music. Mm. We're going to keep going. 
you know this story about how I first came across your videos in 2019 and consider me influenced, okay? Uh -huh. I did buy my Sony WH-1000X4M <laughs> headphones after I saw your review um, and, you know, you opened my eyes, I guess my ears, uh, to such great music. Why did you decide to turn on the camera for the first time and upload a video? Um, I don't really know. I think it was not an ambition or a desire uh i was just on tiktok and there was a trend and the trend said what is something that is means something to a niche audience means nothing to anyone else and i have very large and stupidly sized speakers and i thought well that 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 is that so let me just post that and posted that people like what are they and so i responded to it and they said what do you listen to on it and then i responded to it and then people like i like your taste i like what you talk about can you keep doing that and i'm like all right which is the best i think it's the best way to approach it it wasn't like all right i'm gonna make music content guys i'm i was just putting i just put something out there and it kind of snowballed which is lovely and i mean do you find that social media brain rot is real like, do you feel the euphoria of hearing an amazing song for the first time on TikTok still, the same way that you might just have discovered it in any other older kind of form before yeah. <laughs> Before chronic scrolling, doom scrolling? I actually discover very little music on social media because I'm perhaps sensitive to how it's presented to me. Yeah. So I try to put people onto music in a in a more nuanced way and to not try to tell them it's the best or to try to like shove it down their throats but if there's someone just kind of doing a dance and there's a song underneath it rarely will that get me mm. i think what gets me is like more serendipitous when i'm like passing a store and i hear something or if someone's yeah i really like finding music on artists playlists so like kelsey Lou's playlists on spotify are amazing i like to find things there you know more than uh, yeah, I, I think the presentation is very important to me. And the, I think the context around who's choosing it and why is really important to me. Exactly. And I mean, Kelsey Liu anyway is an artist, a producer, a fantastic cellist. I love her to bits. You know, maybe it's just like, oh, if I had stuck with a cello, I could be just as cool as Kelsey Liu. You are cooler. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, you know, I just love the community as well that you've sort of brought to the the platform um and you know with i suppose at the time that we're talking umg took all of their music off wah, so i wah. spoke oh no oh no oh no i'm crying so hard right now um but like people contribute to the conversations in your comment section in yeah. such a beautiful way and also you, you encourage these you know meetings in real life with yeah. you know your listening parties in eora in nam at the ace hotel um mm -hmm. and the likes um, and also with your like newsletters, your Patreon, everything, mm -hmm. how mm -hmm. people can you know join and chat to you besides you know me begging you to come on my show. It's and not join an e it's, it's an easy beg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Uh, how do these communities, which are fostered online, different from when you were working on the radio in music? Well, they're they're global, and they're. It's funny. I think a lot of a lot of people don't comment, but a lot of people do comment, and I think that. There's a barrier that's broken down because you can be in a, a commenter as opposed to a real person in real life. I feel like it can be hard when you're in like community radio or it can be hard um, in your local scene if you are uh, 
on the quieter side or you don't like get amongst it in, in live venues and stuff to feel a sense of community whereas online i think a lot more people feel comfortable to comment and i comment i reply to a lot of people mm. not but not because i it's a social media strategy but because i value people's time and i value people's opinion and i think people know that and i think people can see that the person on the screen is not that different to the person in real life and i think that's important to me because i think i think about a lot that i don't underestimate the intelligence of my audience and they are smarter than me and i am a person that can start a conversation but i don't know at all and i really get a lot and i'm very nourished by the people in the comments and so it's different and and it's it's not physical but i think it's just as meaningful even though it's the internet you know I think it's sort of having a different kind of access to all of this, you know, access to artists, access to various music archives, um, just, you know, engaging with a very niche community online. I mean, you know, that's how you made your first video, right? Just responding to things. And I think that because you're such, you know, people would say, and I agree with them, that you're so knowledgeable um, and open also to keep learning new things about music and all these different kinds of genres that keep opening up. You know, you've got a playlist for everything. Uh. Um, and, you know, when I'm at work, I listen to It Goes Like because I just love Peggy Goo. Like, I can't <laughs> help myself. Amazing. Um, and, you know, a person working in media as well, I have this segment that I like to do called mm. What's the Score? Where mm. I look at original film and TV soundtracks and I talk about what makes them good. Is it the atmos? Is Do they add to the story? How do they drive the plot? What? How does the music convey the the visual medium? Um, and, you know, as someone as who as much as a film bro is the next person, you know, you've got your film club, um, uh-huh. <laughs> your film club thread. So I just wanted to talk about your favourite film soundtrack um, and how did this film Snatch come to you and how is the soundtrack so meaningful? It's funny, I ch- you, when you asked me to add a soundtrack, mm-hmm. I was like, do I go something highbrow? Do I go something deep? Absolutely not. You don't need to do that. <laughs> but I think Snatch, which is a Guy Ritchie film, and the film before that, which was his breakout, um, Lock, Stock, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Uh, I was in high school at the time. And I think when I think about soundtracks that meant something to me, the Snatch soundtrack was one that I guess appealed to a, a young man because it was about, you know, thieves and robbers and, yeah. and, and like fight clubs and stuff like that. Epic. Yeah. <laughs> but, and like Cockney slang and, and you just felt cool watching it. Mm-hmm. But I think more than anything, it opened me up to a variety of different genres I hadn't listened to at that point in my life, whether it's ska or whether it's jungle or whether it's like some sort of like mid seventies funks type stuff. But more than that, it was presenting it. I'm, I'm very big on the word context. Like it, it's, it, it, it presented this music in a context where I could understand it as a person that had no access to these songs and would never listen to these songs. So when you have, you know, a big, scene and then it kicks into um, a song from 10cc suddenly the song has a new texture and meaning to it that makes it infinitely more cooler than if i heard it in a local chip shop and it was just like a you know 10cc track that i've heard in in my childhood so i think it it kind of transformed certain songs for me to be 
like a lot richer and deeper and feel cool in a really cool film to me at that age. So this one that we're going to listen to, Lucky Star by Madonna. Mm -hmm. Can you remember where it is in the film that they use it? So I think this is a great example because I think at this point, uh, the guy, Vinny, maybe is um, choking someone. He, he The window is going up on in the car. He pulls someone's head through a window and then puts the window up and it's going against his neck. And then he starts driving the car and then he puts on Lucky Star, something like that. Yeah. And how hard is that? Because it's like the most the gangster thing ever. And then he's like, oh, I love this song. Mm. And it's like, I love this song. Do you and think that he would be a girly pop? Yeah. I think that's, <laughs> like you said, the juxtaposition. It's like, I like soundtracks that you put Madonna to something really brutal. And it's like, it makes it even harder. The song and the scene. And so now, now like, I love Lucky Star. And I don't know if I would have without that kind of in to it. Well, here it is right now. This is Lucky Star Underneath Me. It's by Madonna. It's too polite. Come on. This is a banger. <laughs> I'm going to turn it up. Trust me. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. Derek and I are going to keep talking right after this. This is Out of the Box on FBI Radio. My name's Kate Sarp. Don't go anywhere. Underneath me right now, Lucky Star by Madonna from the Snatch by Guy Ritchie soundtrack, as picked by my guest this afternoon on Out of the Box. My name is Kate Sarp, and I'm joined by Derek G. We're having a grand old chat. Hi. Hey! We've got, you know, still 20 minutes left of talking, and it's going to be an amazing time. I hope so. I'm preemptively saying that. I hope so. <laughs> um, and I also hope, you know, as you were listening to that track, Derek mentioned about how it, when it was used in the film, he was almost like trying to kill someone in a car. So I hope if you're listening in the car, you weren't inspired by that. I'm not condoning that I behavior. Do. I do. Go on. You did it. <laughs> um, and, you know, mega social media following, used to have a radio show. Mm. How does being a content creator differ from your life as a radio host? You know what's a, it that's a good question because I don't think it's it's I don't think it's that different besides the scale of the following that, that you can see and the people you can interact with and I think the penny dropped for me that so I tell this story a lot to friends that my dream was always to be on BBC Radio 1. I wanted to be like with Benji B and Giles Peterson or whatever at the time and and that was the thing that was the end goal. And now I do a version of that, but on the internet. And I think that what I do is fundamentally radio. It just happens to be that I've got a camera in front of me and I'm not playing the songs. I'm telling you about it and then you can go to a playlist to listen to it. So I think that's kind of the trick that I don't think many people realize is that I'm doing radio. At, it just in a, it, radio has changed in many ways it's, it's it's the same and it's changed and so um it's not I, I, the only difference is that like i don't know who's necessarily listened to this but i can see how many people have watched my videos yep. and people can like it save it share it and comment on it and that's that's the biggest change it's just like a different way of still talking about and sharing music yeah. um and it comes with you know a face attached to the thing yeah and hey that's great yeah 
Um, and, you know, your music vlogs, I guess you would call them, do have this really casual conversational voice whilst obviously, you know, clearly articulating your ideas and talking points. And you're a storyteller. I think, you know, you, you come in with your coffee and your cake mm. and you sit to the camera and you say, hey guys, how's it going? Today I'm going to talk about this thing that I really like. Um, what makes a good music story for you? <sighs> to touch on that first point initially is like, I don't, people call me an influencer because I have a social media following. Yeah. Uh, but I hate that world and I hate people pretending to be these characters. So... I do my very best to try to be normal, <laughs> which I think for a lot of people is hard. So that's why I eat while I talk, because I was eating when I was thinking of filming something yeah. anyway. What makes a good story, I think is, I do think you have to respect the audience attention and attention span. And if, people might go, oh, people have short attention spans. But if I'm boring at a party and I'm not telling a good story, people are going to tune out there. So I think to me, it's about, people knowing where you're going and giving them enough rich information that they feel like they're, they're taking something away from it and they can learn something. Because there's a difference between, I like this song and I think it's really cool, like it's like good for you. And, or going, there's a reason I like this song that you might not know about that I'm gonna tell you about that has three other layers to it. And so immediately you can hear that and go, okay, he's got an opinion, but it's based on something that maybe he's realized that I haven't. And there's other things about it too that I might want to hear. Mm. And so like, especially on social media, it is like, you got to let people know that you're in store for something interesting. Otherwise, if I just meandered and talked about music I'd love, just emotionally, I don't know, probably people won't care as much. And there's also, you know, a reason that you were picked as a radio host right like you've got all this information but it's about knowing how to talk about it and how to share the story of the people which is so important because you know you can be knowledgeable about music like yeah you know this has a 120 bpm and it was in the key a minor blah 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 but it's knowing about you know you say you like the word context i like the word tangible it's about all the tangible parts of the music that you're able to then like grab onto and share to people which completely. i think is so interesting completely i think that a lot of people come to me and go like oh like I've I got stories about music and and I I feel like I'm going to do what you do which I like good good for you and you should try but I think it's more than stories it's about and it, I I reflect upon my experience like studying graphic design mm -hmm. and graphic design is not art a graphic design is a service Oh hot take It can be an art but it's it's it's, it's primarily a service Yeah and you have to think about your audience and you have to think about how they interpret your work because you are trying to convey information to them in an order that makes sense. So I always think about my audience rather than I'm interesting and I have stories. I'm thinking about, oh, there's a story that I think my audience will be interested in and how can I tell that to them in a way that they'll hang around? That's the difference to me. Speaking of stories, mm. I've got this track here. Can you tell me about the story behind why you like Black Bugs by Regurgitator? <laughs> it's Australian. I think it's important because this is FBI. It is important because uh, Quine Humans <laughs> was a very important influence to me because I was a young Asian Australian that... You know, people speak about it a lot, but it's true. Like, you don't feel like you're allowed in certain spaces because you don't see people like you in the media. 
and him just by existing uh showed me he he that you know he he was this song is about video games he had glasses and it was like hey that i didn't know you could kind of be a rock star and do i wasn't into video games or anything but it kind of fits in this stereotype of like a bespectacled asian gamer and it's like oh you can be you and do this stuff and still be cool and i think it just unlocked something in my head to be like oh that's that's okay to be you in these spaces because you know when you grow up uh, you know being one of the few asian kids in your school you just don't feel like you're accepted and he he made it okay to to feel like i could even explore those worlds so it's an important artist important track important band to me as picked by derek g on fbi's out of the box this is black bugs by regurgitator by Australian band Regurgitator. It's called Black Bugs, as picked by Derek G on Out of the Box here on FBI Radio 94.5 FM. You might also be streaming live retrospectively wherever. Derek, now listen. <laughs> I've just got Bela, wonderful producer, Bela Haidu, has brought in two slices of something for us to um i made this for you because you know how you do that thing where you sit down with coffee and cake like i just spoke about um and you talk about music that you love or products that you're interested in right now actually Mm -hmm. one time you reviewed uh, a south asian record label design book which i thought was i was i I bought it i did oh really yes i did um and so here in front of you you have coffee coffee cake Really, it should be called coffee cubed cake because there is coffee inside the actual cake. There's a coffee ribbon and there's a coffee crumb. So here we are right now on Out of the Box having coffee and cake. I'm honored. I've got my iced latte here as well. So so it's coffee like coffee, what? coffee, coffee cake. <laughs> wait, I'm not. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll wait to eat it, but. We, it's very you. crumbly and, you know, no drinks in the studio, no food in the studio. But, hey, ha. I had to do it for the bit, right? That it means a lot. You made it. <laughs> that's like you spent actual time. That's like, wow, that's very sweet of you. And you know what? Maybe I was procrastinating preparing for this, but that's fine. <laughs> um, and I did ask on Instagram as well for people to reach out and ask questions. If they had any, been calling out to the text line. You still have got time. 0409-945-945. Derek, I've got this one here from Alana Love on Instagram. And she said, where does someone with no DJing or mixing experience go to learn how to do it? The internet, dude. Like, literally, spend 250 bucks, get a cheap controller, and everyone wants to teach you for free. It's There's no easier time. I went to some really, I won't name names, terrible course in Sydney to learn how to DJ, and it was not a vibe. It was really depressing and really... Uh, 
the buttons felt like they were just like sticky and stuff. And um, the thing about DJing is that it's meant to be fun, right? Yeah, exactly. And it was too like, what's a beat? Let me tell you what a beat is. And like, I feel... Boring. I know. Thumbs down. Like for the, the way I can relate to it now is that like because of the nature of what I do, I have, I've had to learn about cameras and I don't care about cameras, but I have to learn. And I've learned so much, basically a cinematography and camera tech course via YouTube. It's like you can just do it while you're washing up that you can just listen to walk away and and the school is online and if you want to do it don't wait for anyone to teach you just search it up and it's all there trust me i'm enrolled in youtube university yeah i'm locked in yeah (laughs) i've got a diploma oh yeah (laughs) associate's degree yeah exactly um and we've got this one as well from kegasello from instagram uh what is your favorite gta radio station ha that's interesting. I don't really play it, but uh, see, even Giles had a radio station on there, uh, Worldwide FM. Mm-hmm. Flying Lotus's one was cool, I think. Let's go with Flying Lotus. Um, but I think just to expand on that point a little bit, I think that GTA Radio is a really, really important uh, vessel for a lot of young people because that who don't listen to radio to kind of experience curated radio and different Mm -hmm. genres that they wouldn't have come across via a video game music and video games underrated i'm going to take a bite of your cake as you ask the next question okay Ah. well this one um is our final question from instagram i've got one from cc she says derek fill me in on how to be so super swaggy who i paid that person to say that no she's my friend Ah, the the cake is excellent by the way (laughs) thank you really good I don't know. I don't think I am. Um, just do. How do I not be generic? Just. I mean, I think I've spoken about this as well um, on Psyop Corner with Hunter Finnegan, where you just have to like be yourself as like you know non-advice yeah. that is that is, but really when you like are putting out the best version of what you want to be into the world, people latch onto that and they are aware of your confidence in yourself and your energy, yeah. and then they just you know they're like, oh, sick. Yeah, I I agree. I think I I have two strands of answers to this. One is. I'm very conscious of trying to design my image on the internet. So I kind of go out of my way to not in so much as like, I'll be like, oh shit, there's like my background has got crap in it. I haven't tied it. And I'm like, well, that's what it looks like right now. We're going for it. As opposed to trying to curate what I think is aesthetically cooler. Secondly, I do think like with tastemaking, that you are trying to find make choices that are a bit off the beaten track. So whilst I don't think I'm swaggy, I think that I I do tr- I I we all have eyes. We know what's cool. We know what's trendy. We know what's popping. And it's like okay, I can see that. And then what else is there? And f- go search for those things. Not to be alternative and be weird, but like if someone's there's mo- many people's role is to find the next thing and uncover that and put show that to the world because there's enough people showing what's already out there so i think that is something that i've always like whether how i dress or what i listen to or anything it's it's trying to search for the new thing and take that with you for the rest of the day out there listening. Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon, Derek. It has seriously been such a pleasure. Thank you for the uh, cake. You're welcome. Kate. Um, and, you know, if you've been listening live and you want to relive our conversation later on whenever you'd like, 
This will be posted wherever you get your podcasts, um, as well as you can listen back on the programs page, fbiradio.com. There'll also be links to wherever you can find Derek, his Patreon, his socials, you name it, you'll find him. This has been Out of the Box with me, Kate Sarp. Uh, this episode was executive produced by Tanya Shukla, and today it was produced live by Bela Haidu. Derek, I've got one more track for you mm. uh, to talk about. Um, you know, apparently this one is one of your more viral ones. Oh, yeah. What's the significance for you of James Litherland's Where to Turn? This is a fun story for those that don't know it, but it's... It is James Blake's dad's song that I managed to get his song a million, million plus streams that used to have like, you know, 40,000 or something. And that was one, that was kind of the kicking off point where people were like, oh, there's this guy on the internet that seems to know some things. Um, and James Blake covered this song for his debut album, but I think most people think it's James Blake's song. And I went on the internet and said, this song that you all know is actually his dad's song and James Blake's name is James Blake Litherland and his dad's name's James Litherland and this is his song and it's brilliant. It's so good. Thanks so much for the wreck and thank you for a wonderful conversation this afternoon. Here it is right now on FBI Radio. Jenna Parker is going to be on lunch right after this. If you're listening retrospectively, I hope you have a good Whatever time it is. Have some cake. <laughs> I'm having some cake. Emily Elvish will be on Out of the Box next week with a wonderful host. Catch you next time. My name's Kate Sop. See you later. Bye-bye. I don't know about my dreams. I don't know about my dreaming anymore. All that I know is that I'm falling. I don't know about my love I don't know about my love anymore All that I know is that it's turning